Welcome to the Social Chameleon Show, where it's our goal to help you learn, grow, and transform when first I come. Today, book review time. Uh, we're doing The Richest Man in Babylon, oh, one of those old-timey classics. <laughs> I like those old ones, huh? I don't know. You know, I was I was looking at, I don't know, some a bunch of different lists of like, whatever, top seven, top 10, top 20, whatever books you should read. And yeah. I, I want to say I've read a good majority of them. And this was one that was like on the top of a lot of lists that I hadn't read and never, never even thought about reading. So when we were looking for a book to do next, I was like, you know what, let's, let's try this. Like, it's different. <laughs> I guess. I don't know about different. I mean, but so yeah, it's not, yeah. It's 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 definitely an oldie, I mean, uh, but good, I guess. I don't know. It's it's its own book. It is, and and the thing when I first when I first was going through it, I just went through like a normal book, just you know front to back, and it's not. I think in my opinion, it's not designed for for that kind of reading. Well, like, I mean that's what they said, right? The book was designed from a bunch of different stories or something like that. Like yeah, I guess it was originally. Um, was a series of pamphlets that was distributed by the U.S. bank and insurance companies from 1920 to 1924. So when I learned that, it made more sense. Like, oh, these were little short stories that they're like, they wind up putting into a books in, in 1926. I was like, this makes more sense now why it was all these like repetitive kind of stories. Like the same message was through each story. You know what? I don't yeah. know how many stories there are, six, seven, eight stories, whatever there is. Yeah, and they're all kind of they're all kind of similar, all kind of related. I don't know. I guess I like the it's like the genre of it. I like the way they talk. It's just like that that old English art thou. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of that is a little hard. It's like, gosh, did somebody spell check this? Grammar check this? Like, who's the copy <laughs> editor on this? Like, Jesus Christ! I, but that's how they talk back in yes, the day. Yeah, right, right. Wasn't anything else other than that. Yeah, you got to keep it keep it in mind that that's the thing. Um, real quick, the summary of the book is is a, a classic financial and motivational guide that was has led generations to personal and monetary success. Invaluable lessons on, of finance are relayed through legendary tales in an ancient in set in ancient Babylon. Uh, so that I mean, it's kind of the premise of the book. It, it's all about, and it's it's I love it. And I, I, lately, in the past, I don't know, a few years. I've gone back a lot of this old text, like old sto old stoic stuff right. and like some other things we were talking about. Um, and it's like, they Simple. were talking about this same shit, 200, 300, 10, five, six, 2000 years ago. It's like, where did we go wrong? I, I don't know if it's that we know wrong, man. I think it's just, you know, we have that, <clears throat> that human element in us, right. That we all have that greed. We all have that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, Reads the right word, but we all have that desire, right? Our our innermost desires, as <laughs> as Sigmund Freud would say. Or is, right? or is, or is it your free will? What? what uh... <laughs> you know, but we just we all have that within us, so that we yeah. just you know we. I'm not saying we forget the basics, but we know what we know what to do. Mm -hmm. We just, for some reason, are not want something else. We just, yeah, we don't do it. That's the thing is that, that knowing doing gap, right? We know what we should be doing, but doing it is not as easy. And, and, and a lot of these things I wish I learned when I was younger. I think about these things now. It's like, like the core, to me, like the core premise through the whole book is save 10% of, of your gold, you know, period. Like, like, don't, don't, don't even think about it. Like, don't, just save 10% and live on the rest. Like, like you're, you're living on which all you have now. So if you threw off a fucking one gold nugget on the side, like what's the difference? Like you'll get used to it. And I was like, I wish I knew that younger, like no matter what, hold that 10%, put that dollar away for every 10 bucks you make, you know, and don't think about it. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Yeah. But I mean, they just, I mean, even the book talks about it. Like, you know, how the youth are overzealous. Like, yeah. We and made lots of investments that didn't pan out. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> at least my in my in my lifetime, I yeah. oh, I've done yeah. Know, it's like oh, oh, you see this? You know, you get this hot tip that's mm -hmm. not so hot, right? We don't know anything about it. We're young. That's, that's your bet. Like the the can't lose game. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's just like you go for it because the odds the odds are so great. Like mm -hmm. it's like oh, if I win, you know. And, you just you just keep 
putting that stuff on there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess because I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, to me, that's a more modern day um, tale of this story. Yeah. Um, very different books, but I mean, the premise is the same. Like, you've got to invest your money, right? Like, yeah. you've got to put your soldiers to work, right? Every dollar that you have is another worker that's going to go out there for you and make more money. Right. Um, you know, I, I, but so i i knew not to you know load myself with doodads and all this other kind of stuff and not buy all these frivolous things um you know but at the same time i didn't learn the other lesson which is in this book is like know what you're investing in like i didn't know what the heck investing in i was just putting my money in because i thought i was gonna win Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah that's the thing too and and sometimes you get you feel like you know or you're like i guess okay my friend he's good at this or this person told me and like i you know, I trust them. And it's like, you just go in and you don't know what you don't, you can't fact check. You can't, you know, you know, validate anything. And, and, and then you want to, you know, not, not knowing what you're putting your money into. Like they're saying in the book, you know, like, you know, the brick maker knows bricks. Don't trust him to, to, to your jewels. He doesn't know anything about that. I thought that was funny. You know, it's like, like, yeah. Stories of the book. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, the brick, mayor, the brick mayor told me he was going to get me some diamonds. And then like, the guy's like, look, dude, this guy makes his money in bricks. Like, yeah. You really think he's going to get you diamonds that are yeah. worth anything? Right. Like, what does he know about jewels? Yeah, he knows about bricks. But it's a good you lesson. Think, like, you, you got to, you know, who, who are you listening to? Like, you, you know, you listen to your uncle or your cousin or your friend. Like, what, do, what are you doing? What have you done? Like, you don't know shit about shit. Like, you saw some special on PBS and now you're an expert. Like, I don't think so. Yeah, and I I guess I think we talked about this the other day in like Paula Pant's um, episode of her thing where the guy was like just trying to pick stocks, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what research did you do? You went on your phone and like looked at something like, yeah. like do all your real research. And I was like, I, was like, oh, I guess you kind of, you know, you got to do that. But yeah. that's the other part too is like, how do you know how to do this research? And those are kind of the things that this book doesn't necessarily get into, mm-hmm. but you know, just, just fair warning. Like if you're going to put your money into something like go seek an expert, go Mm -hmm. seek. And what I mean by an expert is not someone who's just going to go take your money and do something with it. Like go seek somebody who's going to give you advice or tell you a little bit about something. Anyway, get, get, get a coach, get a somebody pay these guys for, for, for their money. It's worth the hundred dollar consultation fee or whatever, $200, you know, to save you, you know, thousands or, or, or pull you out of, that's the thing I liked in the book. One of the stories they were talking about, like, uh, it's like I wind up getting like around a bunch of guys that would vet deals and discuss them and find loopholes. And it's like, that's how I started learning. Like, that's how I started making my investments. I think there's one about the father told him, go, go beat it for 10 years and come back and let me know what you learn. <laughs> if you can make money, I'll give you my fortune. I think that yeah. was, a story. you know, but that's the thing. Like that's, we, we've talked about this many times. If there are a lot of you heard the cliche, you know, you're, you're the, you know, average of five people you hang out with. If you hang out with people that are doing things, making money, doing deals, guess what you're going to do? You're going to learn that stuff. If you're hanging out with people, hanging out the block, drinking beers, guess what you're going to do? Know how to buy beer. Like <laughs> you got to know like who you're hanging out with. What are they doing? What are they, what's the crowd you're with? Are you learning from guys that are doing deals? betting deals or are you guys hanging out fucking talking shit about something you saw in shark tank like what are you doing yeah no i mean that's 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 kind of cool i like the whole thing like you're you're going out to drink beers you're gonna learn how to buy beers i mean right kind of ironic but i mean you do right you know where all the sales are right. <laughs> you know you know what days they go on sale yeah, like, yeah right yeah, yeah. tuesday longs is on sale and then friday is a thing at walmart and i say but you, but if you hang out with a different kind of crowd, you'd be like, listen, Hey, uh, earning reports coming out. You know, I got a guy that, you know, that knows a guy that works there or whatever, or, 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 or I work for a company that did a consultation for them. And this is something's coming down. Like we should look into, you know, I mean, stay within the law, but if you know, I'm trying to say like, if you're hanging out with guys that are knowing things or, or doing things, you know, it's like, Hey, this, this guy, I know he's, he died and his building's coming up for sale and this is a good deal. The kids don't want it. Like, let's jump in on it. Like if you're hanging out with those guys, that's the deals you're going to find, you know? So. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But I mean, getting back to the book though, I guess, I guess you're right. I agree with you as far as save 10%. That's mm-hmm. kind of the drive home message of the book. Yeah. Uh, but he does talk about other stuff, right? Like the seven yeah. curses for the purse, uh, the high right. gold 
rules, um, those kind of things. There's good, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good rules. They're all essentially themed, but there's a lot of good rules. When we get into that, seven, seven curses of a lean <laughs> purse. And then watching, like, it's funny because, like, as I was reading this book, I was like, man, if I put context, it's like millennials start reading this book is like what are these guys doing with women women's bags like yeah. and this like, it's not a purse it's yeah. basically a, a coin purse is what they call yeah. it it's basically yeah. a leather pouch that you put your coin i think the modern equivalent i can think of is the crown royal bag that's that's what i that's what i think of the the, the purple <laughs> bag your crown royal comes in that's what i think of the day when you too many nights with those guys drinking man like how would you know what that looks like <laughs> i i i've spent many a times finding the sales on alcohol on that crown royal bag right it's not about the alcohol it's about yeah. that crown royal bag i'm i'm, I'm expressing yeah. a, a visual yeah what they would use and 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 gold coins are not bitcoins not ethereum they're real chunks yeah, of stamped gold, gold. Yeah, yeah. Also, that's the other thing about this book too. Is like they didn't write on paper, bro. They they chiseled it down into like tablets, clay clay tablets. I was like, ooh. It's like, yeah. You got. I mean, how careful you had to be with that. I got these five rules. Four rules. Shit. (laughs) Shit got wet. (laughs) I don't know. Oh yeah, got wet or whatever. Like you have to like. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's better than carrying around a book because if your book got wet, there goes all of your information. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I would like to think ink would hold, hold up a little bit more to weather than clay tablets. But I don't so know. No, I, I, I didn't really nice clay tablets in the museums. <laughs> so, it did but, all right. But anyway, uh, I guess we'll get into the seven curses. The first curse. One, <laughs> ah. Ah, ah. Uh, start thy purse to fattening. Mm. So it sounds so nice. You know what I mean? Just the words yeah. they use. Start thy purse to fattening. What is his name? Arkad advises on saving 10% of your annual income to start building up your wealth or purse. Right. For every 10 coins thou placest with thy purse, <laughs> take out for thy to be mine. Thy purse start to fatten at once. And its increasing weight will feel good in thy hand and bring satisfaction, uh, satis- satisfaction to thy soul. Like, gosh, like, yeah. that's so hard to read, man. Like, I can't read it without laughing. <laughs> it's hard because it doesn't make sense in our way of speaking now. It's like, it's so fragmented and, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, and- they often refer to thyself in thy third person. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. But there we go. I mean, rule one, the first thing you got to do to accumulate wealth, pay yourself first. Like yeah. that is, is to me, like the, one of the hardest things to do is pay yourself first and then pay your bills and pay everything else with the rest. Cause what you want to do is like pay all your bills and everything and then do what, what you want with the rest. You know what I mean? And it's hard, especially when you know, you're not making a lot of money or you've got a lot of bills or a lot of debts or whatever. Like, that's hard. Like, super hard. And I guess that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I wish that was hammered home to me as, like, a child. Like, no matter what, you knock this out and don't ever think about it and see it. It's not real. Like, this is for a later venture or something. Or when shit hits the fan, you've got this cushion. Like, I only, maybe in the past four or five years, really understood, like, that is crucial and everything else happens off the rest of that. I guess for me, I've always understood that, but, but I guess I've always also fallen off the wagon, you know, yeah. um, you know, because you take this 10% and this is just my, my theory and how it worked out for me. And it's like, you want to take this 10%. And because I grew up with rich dad, poor dad and all that stuff, I didn't want to throw my 10% in the bank and just let it sit there as a savings account or, whatever the case might be. I didn't even want to go do an IRA kind of thing. I wanted to go buy investments. I wanted to go chase stocks or chase Mm -hmm. real estate, do all that other kind of stuff and buy all these classes. So like I took that 10% and I, I used it on things that didn't really have a yield for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I guess the only thing I have to take away from that is my education now. So like, I know better where to spend my money. Right. Maybe I 
invest it well because you yeah. know now when I start putting that money away, I'm gonna watch it a lot better as I get older. Yeah. But you know, just be careful what you invested in it and where yeah. you put it. I don't think the bank is the best place to put it. Um, you know, you gotta go find something out there that's worth it. Um, we've talked about many things on this show, so go back to the previous episodes and mm-hmm. figure out you know where you where you're gonna put that ten percent. But yeah. Get it, save it, and invest it and make sure that those dollars are working for you. Definitely. And then number two, control the expenditures. I mean, stuff we hear about all the time. And this is thousand plus year old advice. (laughs) Stop keeping up with the Joneses. You don't need the new Gucci. Like you don't like and 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 it's you know, especially if you're not paying yourself first. Like if, if you got the new Jordans and the new, you know, the new this and the new Gucci belt, and it's like you can't eat and like you're putting $3 gas, like, you know, you might, might want to rethink that. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I think America's really good at. I've heard Gary V say it before. It's like America is really good at selling you stuff that you don't really need. Yeah. So like, you know I mean, I was just talking to my mom the other day and she's like, Oh, you know, the new iPhone that's coming out. I was like, ma, look, I was like, I got, this is the iPhone 7 right here. I mean, yeah. it's got a case on it, but I got the iPhone 7. Like, it works fine. It's yeah. the cheapest, it's brand new. I mean, you can get them refurbished nowadays for like maybe 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the new iPhone's like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Plus. A thousand, you yeah. Know, I was like, and this one, iPhone 7, straight from the factory, brand new. Um, 450 it's like less than half like right i mean you don't you don't do you really need that new iphone you know love you ma but uh it's talking to other people out there it's like do you really need the new iphone or can you work off something that's half the price yeah or go get get one on sale or you buy one get one free like those Mm -hmm. kinds of things and you know read the fine print make sure it's actually free and that you're not going to charge or something (laughs) you know i don't know just Control thy expenditures. Again, if you're putting yourself first, ten percent away, and then with the rest, you you utilize that well. Um, you know, again, these are back to basics. Anything yeah, that's else? the thing. I, I I was thinking about in the past maybe year or so. You know, I started thinking about more of the the things I was buying and like like do I need this thing and I think like this is the longest I've had a phone in a long time like this is going on two years now I had the same phone oh. like I'm a guy that like I get one sometimes kids, you used to have that here. man yeah right no, I that's that's my style like you know what I mean I love I love being an early adopter first adopter like I like that kind of stuff it's fun you know but I started thinking about like do I need like the new phone, like, do I need a day of downtime to play with the new phone, set everything up, sign into this, that, and another? Like, why? Because I got a marginal improvement over the last version. Like, you know, so, and I've been thinking about like things like that, like, um, you know, going, going out and like, oh, I'm going to pick this thing up and I just, you know, put it in my cart on Amazon and I leave and I go away. And I'm like, you know, some, sometimes I forget like, oh shit, it's on my Amazon card. Like, and I look, I go back and look at my cart and I'm like, I didn't need this shit. And I just deleted it all, you know, like, and, but like, I've been thinking about those types of things lately. Like I, I like gadgets. I like, you know, I like to spend stuff. Like that. But I'm thinking like how much money have I wasted? How much things like are around the house that I don't use or use often or wind up giving away or whatever it is. And then I, I was listening to, I think a podcast from my dad and the guy was saying the average American has 300,000 things in their house. Like that's fucking mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean, obviously that's granular. Like, you know, you got 12 spoons and 14 forks and 13 knives, but start to think about the other things. Like, maybe I have, you know, a hundred books. Okay. You know, but that's not a, a, a significant percentage of things in my house, you know, and I don't have a lot of things in my house. I don't like a lot of things, but. But I mean, just as, as you're saying that, like, I'm looking at all the stuff I have in my room yeah. right now. If you're watching this video, take a look around. Yeah. What do you have in your room? If you're watching. What's in front of you? You know? Yeah. You got you got hair clips over there. I, this is some of the stuff I see. I got hair clips. Mm-hmm. I got old clothes I don't use. I have old costumes in my closet. Mm-hmm. I have two sets of golf clubs that yeah. I don't use anymore. 
I got candles over there. I was like, why do I need candles? Like, I just, just take a look around the stuff that you have now. Do you need yeah. any of that? Right. You know, can you sell some of that for profit? But imagine how much money you've already, yeah, that sunk cost is gone. That money's gone. Like, you'll never get it back. Sometimes it's even debt that you've, you're paying 22% a month on, you know? That's the thing I've been thinking about lately. You know, uh, I, you know, I think about, you know, how many of you have a storage locker that's got stuff in it you've never seen, you don't need, you don't use, like, that you're paying $100 a month for? Like, why? You know? And that's the things I've been thinking about lately. You know, like, why am I buying these things? Why am I buying this stuff? Um, and then could I be saving this towards something else, a greater investment, like another, you know, another investment or a bigger investment or whatever it is, or, you know, you know, knocking off, you know, some student loans or something like, you know, different things that are kind of lingering around, you know, but I think we should digress on that subject. Think about yeah. what's around you, what you're spending your money on. Is it necessary? I'm sure we yeah. can live without it. And as our card advises, confuse not thy necessary expenses with thy desires. Right. <laughs> oh, he does that, man. And then, and then boom, and then on to number three, like if you're saving 10%, you're keeping your expenses in check. Guess what you can do with number three? You can multiply thy gold. Like if you're not doing those things, you don't got no gold to multiply. You can't put your soldiers out to work for you. Like, yeah. And that's the yeah. thing that hit me uh, a year or so ago, I was like, damn, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like I had enough soldiers to go out to work for me. Like I felt like I was stagnant in my progression in my investment thing and opportunities, you know? So I started like, where's the leak? Where's the thing? Yeah. And for me, when I went out there and tried to make it multiply, I failed over and over again. Um, I guess now that I'm looking at this rule and I'm thinking about the episodes that we've done past, um, some of the good things to do, um, especially from Tony's Unshakable and from Paula Pant stuff that we've seen, um, go out, get a Vanguard account, get some ETFs going. Yep. It's probably a good solid start. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Gonna repeat that message over and over. I'm sure you can be like me and try to do real estate deals and try to do stock market deals, but mm -hmm. Didn't really make too much money in that. I mean, I made profit in some, and some I lost money. So just be careful with that. Yeah, anyway. and and um, even uh, something as simple as is a high yield checking account where you can get it. You're getting you know two percent interest. Like that's super yeah. easy. You got a shop for those though. Those yeah. aren't common. Those right. There, there are, um, if I can remember, I'll leave some links to, to some I know of, but your checking account, uh, you're getting 2%. Like, there's, I don't think there's a savings account you can get 2%. I don't think you get a CD at 2%. You know what I mean? Like, so they, these are things that are so easy. So simple. You're knocking, knocking your 5%, your 10% savings. And then now you're getting 2% for doing nothing but having money in a checking account. Like, you know, these, these are good things. So if you have a business and you got like, you know, 10, 20, 50, you know, I heard a guy, he had a million dollars sitting in a, their company checking account just in case. And he's like, why the fuck is this not making me any money? You know, and he's like, he moved it to a, um, a high yield checking account. He's getting 2% on his million dollars that they keep around as cash reserves. You know, so yeah. things to think about. Definitely. Definitely. And guard thy treasure from loss. <laughs> the that, fourth kill. <laughs> yeah. That's hard, you know. <laughs> And this even goes back to, I don't know, was it the first or second episode or the first book review we did, right? Principles. Yeah. Like Ray Dalio, that's all he's about is finding investments to protect you against losses. Mm -hmm. um, if, I, if I remember correctly in this part of the book, like this is like one of my things, like the guard was like talking about the wall and stuff like that. He's like guarding the wall and like everybody's like, oh, you know, are people going to break through the wall? And the guard's like, no. He's like nobody's broken through this wall. It's like, <laughs> I was like, damn. But back in the day, that's what they did, right? They yeah. created a castle. They put guards around it so that nobody could come in and, and take, take the, the king's treasure. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you got to do the same thing here. Nowadays we do that with insurance or, you know, you find investments, hopefully that will either weather the test of time or you diversify your investments, you know, things like that that can protect you. One, if one of your legs on your stool goes down, you still have the other three or four legs to keep you afloat. Like, you know, those are kind of the things that we do nowadays. Right. Um, 
Yeah, you've been add there. No, yeah, you know, um, a lot of a lot of a lot of people I know and and things that I've learned is you know from from the get go, you know, what's your what what's what's the downside here? What how much can I risk if I'm putting up ten dollars? How much am I going to lose? Am, am I am I am I at risk of losing five fifty cents a dollar? Like knowing that like this goes south, can I lose a dollar for every ten? That's fine. Like I'm okay with that risk. Potentially, I'm going to make twenty. You know, there's a lot of you you go out there, you can find a lot of stories. Richard Branson, classic story. You don't know it when he started Virgin Airlines, he went to Boeing and said, "Listen, I'm going to lease these planes. If this doesn't work out, I'm going to give them back." And and no nobody's ever done that deal before. He's like, "I have nothing to lose. I have zero to lose. I'm not on the hook." $800 million for these planes. Like yeah, this doesn't work out. I returned him. Nobody's ever structured a deal like that before. Everybody thought he was crazy to even think Boeing was going to do it. And they did. That's, that's his risk. Nothing. Zero. Just whatever effort and whatnot went into it. Planes. Like that's a big expense for an airline is, is spending, you know, 30, 40, 50, $80 million on a plane. And you go under, you've got a plane sitting there. Yeah. Think about that when you're getting rid of something like what's my downside and can I lose that? You know, you like, um, I think it was in principles or some other book or maybe it was in, um, unshakable. He's like, you know, I can lose four out of 10 times because I know I'm going to win. You're like, I'm okay with that. You know, cause I'm going to, I'm going to hit more often than not. Cause I have myself set up that way. Yeah. And you know, I, I guess in today's world, uh, because I've lost so much and the investments that I've done, I, you know, I just take it with a grain of salt. Um, but at the same time, don't be, I guess, too secure or worried about the security of your money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you are going to go just put it in something like bonds or something that doesn't really yield much, you know, your money's not really growing for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, you got to find the balance with that. Find something that's going to make your money grow, um, you know, that over time it's, it's going to grow versus getting just putting your money in a two percent checking account like if that's all you're doing then that's not really enough to carry you forward like you right you have to multiply harder than that yeah understand your risk tolerance and and and, you know and if you need to start small and up your risk tolerance up your risk tolerance up your risk tolerance maybe set aside money like this is going to be money that's going to be for risky stuff that i'm not comfortable with and i'm gonna i'm okay losing five, 10 grand, whatever it is. And that's fine. I, 90% of my money is protected. That's an option for, for people to do things and try things and up your risk tolerance and see, you know, if you have a goal in mind to begin with, like, I want to be here in 10, 20, 30 years, you can work back and say, where, what do I need to be doing? Where do I need to be traveling to get there? You know, and you can, you know, understanding your risk tolerance, like I need to be at, you know, 8% because, you know, I'm looking at a 5% growth. Inflation is about three to 4%. Like, you know, you got to be thinking about those kind of things and which way you're headed. Yeah. I mean, again, basically you want to try to protect yourself from losses the best way that you can. But, you know, also remember the third rule, you have to make your money grow too. Yeah. yeah. And now I guess we can get into the fifth cure. <laughs> make that falling a profitable investment. I don't know where this accent comes from, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to go with. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's definitely um, you know, and I I just want to note the thing in here. It says make thy dwelling a profitable investment. You know, just be careful. Again, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Like if you're buying a four bedroom house that you just really don't need the extra three bedrooms in there or the extra two bedrooms in there, you know, the, the thing behind this is making it a profitable investment. And I guess I'll read here because I love this accent. Our card advisor is buying versus renting your principal residence and using your residence to establish a business. I recommend that every man own a roof that shelters him and his. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. But anyway, um, you know, back then this in, in Babylon, we're talking about people who are farmers or sheep herders or cattlemen, or one of the guy was like, he, he herded camels. Like, you know, so back in those days, you bought this land and that's where you grew your livestock or that's where you grew, you know, your, your vegetables or potatoes or whatever it is you're going to sell. And like, you're making your home a business. Nowadays, that's a little bit harder to do. Right. But you know, and it, not everybody can do it. 
But at the same time, it's like, if you're able to do that, like that will build wealth over time. Yeah. And I like to, to kind of go on this a little, um, we, we get stuck a lot in, you know, thinking we, you have to buy a house, you have to do these things and stuff. You know, it's, it's okay to rent. Sometimes that's great. Maybe that's good for you. Um, there's a lot of, of, of wealthy people that do not own homes. They, they rent wherever, where they go. Um, there, uh, Ramit Sethi, um, from, I, I want to teach you to be rich. He doesn't own anything and, and he's very wealthy and he advocates for renting. Um, there's a good, on the New York times, they have a, a, a rent versus buying calculator. I'll link to that for you guys. If you want to evaluate, like, is it better for you in your situation with your life and what's going on in your life to rent or buy? It may be help you not feel like, you know, you're obligated to, 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 you know, to be buying something or maybe you want to get out of the house you're in and you're like, well, no, I, I should be paying, should be paying somebody else's mortgage. You know, man, that's not the greatest idea sometimes. Yeah. I, and again, I just want to just make sure that you read the rule correctly. It says, make thy dwelling a profitable investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just kind of where I live. I live in a, in a, in a higher, um, I guess the average or the mean price of real estate in Hawaii is like 700,000 for a home. Yeah. You know, it's like when you live in these areas of high valued real estate, it doesn't always make sense to buy. It's mm-hmm. like, if I, I want to go buy something, it's going to cost me, you know, upwards of five, $600,000 to buy your traditional home here in Hawaii. And like, that's not necessarily a profitable investment for me. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it may make sense for me to rent because in the long run it's cheaper. Um, and I can't, you know, I'm, as of now I'm in the healthcare business or I'm in the real estate business. I don't, I don't need a home to raise my sheep or my, my camels or, right. you know what I mean? Grow my crops. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what I'm trying to do and or accomplish here. So just, yeah. again, it says make that dwelling a profitable investment. You know, and I guess just on a side note, for those of you people that have homes where you can convert them into duplexes, that's a nice house hack that you can do too. You know, yeah. you one side of your house and you rent out, you know, you got this four bedroom house and you never use the other two bedrooms in that house. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Rent those bedrooms out to somebody. Airbnb. Yeah. Make that home a profitable investment. Mm-hmm. That's you got a, ba- a basement, you can convert to something like there's a lot of things you can do, you know. Um, I, I know a guy, he, the company he owns, he has the company rent his house from him uh, 14 days out of the year and he works from there. Like, and that's something that they do to kind of hack his little thing or whatever. I was like, that's pretty clever. Like have your company rent your house from you or for you or whatever. So I thought it was pretty clever. There's lots of ways to make these kind of things profitable. Yep. And then what is the next one here? Ensure a future income, which goes back to the other stuff. Like if you got something saved, you got something stocked away, you can put those guys to work and then you have a future income. Something's paying you dividends. Something's paying you every month or whatever it is, getting tax breaks. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that. Yeah. And there's lots of ways that you can do that. Um, Again, you know, since we were just talking about real estate, like you don't have to buy a home to live in. You know, you can go buy, you know, and again, mortgage fraud is real. um, But the, the, you know, when you buy your home to live in as a first time home buyer to get their rate, when you sign the paper, it says that you're only going to live in there for 12 months. Like that's all you're obligated to do. You can go buy an investment property. Um, Again, just make sure you meet all the stipulations of the first time home buyer. But you can buy a property and you are going to rent out in the future, mm-hmm. live in it for 12 months, have you live in it for 12 months, go back to renting, rent that puppy out, make some money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're talking about investments that are going to make money in the future. Things like real estate that will provide you rental income are a way to do it. You can also buy stocks and or companies that provide dividends. Mm-hmm. So they will, no matter what happens to the stock, whether it goes up or down, that company will pay you a dividend over time. You know, we talked about it earlier. You can do ETFs. Um, and nowadays you can do all kinds of stuff. They got 401k, they got 403b. Like they have all different types of investment tools that you can use. 
Yes. Eh, go out there, find a professional. Don't be cheap. Pay these guys for their time. It's going to save you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> nice. We ready for the last one? Number seven. Number seven. seven. Increase thy ability to earn. And I was like, hmm. You know, oh. um, we've talked about some of these things before. You know, it's like, Keep de- um, keep developing your own skills to increase your investing wisdom and also increase your earnings power. It's like you know, what can you do? And we talked about this in previous shows before. Like, what are you doing at your job? Are you sitting there on your phone all day, or are you actually you know going around to make the difference and be put forth that you're going to be a good worker, that you're up for, for you know taking extra responsibilities or that you want to move into a management position. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other things we talked about on previous shows, ask your boss if you can work from home. Yeah. That's like the number one thing. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money on gas. It's going to save all kinds of things. Yep. If you can take your job and apply it so that you can work from home and work something out with your boss, like that's the number one thing that you, that most people, if they can do it, do it. And it's going to save both you and the company money and time. <laughs> Definitely. Have to add on to that. I don't know what other stuff we talked about. We talked about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's so many ways um, to to up your skill level, to add more skills, to become more of a you know somebody that you, that's looked to at work saying we got problems, we got things, we need solutions. We're gonna come see Ransom. We're gonna come see Tyson. We're gonna come see Billy, Job, Joe. Like he, you know, he. This person is a you know is is a master in these three things or they're well competent in two or three things. Like everybody else is good at, you know, doing task A, but you know, ransom, man, he's good at doing task A, B and C. And he's very knowledgeable in each of those because he's used, he's used, he's, he's done each of those jobs. Well, he's done, you know, he's learned each of those. He's got those skill sets. Like if you're that guy, if you're the, if you're the guy, you know, the guy or the gal, the person, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, can go to each department and do the jobs that can go and do these different things. Like you become valuable. Your skills become valuable. You become a multifaceted threat, you know, just cause you're done with college, you're done with school or whatever your vocational training, your education doesn't stop. Like there's so many things like the world is changing fast and rapidly. And if you're not keeping up, whether it's with technology, whether it's maybe with looking for the next career in your evolution, like you've got to be doing these skills and keep, upgrading yourself, spending some time every day on the weekends, reading, going to classes, going to trainings. Like there's so many ways to, to, to get to the next level. Maybe it's at another company, maybe it's somewhere else where you pick up a no two, three skills and now you're qualified for something else. Like you never thought maybe you could do or whatever. Now you've gone from, you know, 80 grand a year to 125 because you spent six months in night school. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many ways to, to earn your income, you can do side hustles, micro businesses. I mean, we've talked about so many of these things. Yeah. And then just on the side note, I mean, also thing here is like, maybe you make enough money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you are a high income earner already and you make enough money. It's like, you don't need to increase your ability to, you know, bring money in. Um, or even if you're not there, sometimes if you just work on managing your expenses, mm-hmm. like the little bottom money that you think you have actually becomes more. It's like, okay, how can we save or cut expenses? Like you can spend time on cutting expenses yeah. of your everyday living so that the money that you do make is more than enough. Mm-hmm. And I guess the last thing is if you have all of that taken care of, you make enough money and you're putting it away, you know, go look at some time at what your investments are doing. It's like, okay, I have this rental property. You know, it's been like three years because I have a property manager just run it. Like, go look at the numbers. Go sit down with your property manager and be like, hey, what's going on with my property? And be like, hey, you might notice you're losing money there, Mm -hmm. you know, or go look at your 401k or go look at your 403b plan and go look at the fees. It's like, Mm -hmm. dang, you know, I was like, are you getting ripped off on fees? Look at, look at, you know, go take some time in your investments if your day-to-day job is already good and you make more than enough money. Yeah. There's plenty of plenty of ways to 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 you know earn more by like Grant was saying cutting fees cutting expenses. I mean that's back in our other rule before. You'd be surprised. Like I, I don't know how many times I see, see things for like oh sign up for this service so we can cancel all the things you don't use. I'm like who who doesn't go through those every 
quarters. Yeah. I'm always looking every every quarter, every few months or so. Like, is there is there something for a business expense that I'm still paying for that I'm not using anymore? Or I, I need to reevaluate. Do I really need to be paying for this? Like, I'm always going through stuff every probably about every quarter. Or so, like, do I still need this? Is it still a good expense? Am I did I forget about a membership to something or an annual renewal that is going to creep up yeah. on you? And next thing you know, you got to, <clears throat> you know, something Speaking that pops that, up. You know, I was told recently that, you know, if you go to Best Buy and get those zero interest down, um, yeah. you know, like either on their furniture, their stove or whatever, mm-hmm. um, be careful of those. Um, Cause I was just taught that it's not just zero interest down. They give you a credit card and guess yeah. what? Their credit card has an annual fee. Oh, like, oh, and then so if you don't pay not, off those balances in the the um, promotional term, you get hit with a uh, in balloon interest. Well, I, I understand that. I mean, I'm just assuming yeah. people are responsible. They have the cash and they're just taking zero interest down. Yeah, I'm just saying, just read the fine print because yeah. you may look like, hey, what is this sixty dollar charge here? Oh, it's an annual fee. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> yeah, I got uh at the beginning of the year. The beginning of the year, I got charged with a $120 annual fee for a credit card processing services I, I haven't used in like six months. I'm like, I thought I canceled that. And they're like, you, you didn't cancel it all the way. Like, and, and then they had changed their terms of service and then they weren't charging a membership fee and then they suddenly were. And I was kind of in this yeah. limbo period. I had to go and I filled out all this paperwork to get my money back. But those are the things, like that was an oversight for me. I ignored the emails. I was like, I don't use that anymore, whatever. And then, but I got hit and it took me hours of time to get back 120 bucks it's like it's really you know these are the things like the classics gym memberships and like different subscription services and different things like that there's you know pop up and come here and you're like i don't really use this razor thing anymore this deodorant pack or whatever you know what i mean like it's so many of these services now that you know just show up to your door you know i have things automatically shipped to me you know and once in a great while i'm like dang i didn't need that that this month i should have skipped it or something, but again, just, you know, make, make that earnings better and make that investments plentiful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so that's it for the seven curses of the purse. Um, you want to get into the, the five laws of gold? No, you know, I think um, that's, that's, you know, that's one of the stories. One of the things in the book, go out there, there, you know, read them. You know, I, I like I said, I, I would go one at a time. Um, I think these are great, like bedtime story kind of stuff. If you've got kids, like, I, no, really. I mean, yeah. I teach my kids actually, this stuff. Actually, they would be, a lot of them would be good stories for kids. I think they're yeah. great stories. And then, you know, guess what they're going to keep hearing? Hey, 10%, save your 10%, save your 10%, save your 10%. You know, that's the premise of a lot, of, you know, of all these stories. Every rule and all the rules on every scribe tablet was save 10%, you know? Um, and if you're not only, not only, are you teaching your kids this at an early age? And you can put this into practice when grandma gives them money, when they get some money from their birthday or whatever it is, you know, and it's also gonna be a reminder to you, like, damn, am I saving 10%? Like one of the episodes we did, I was like, you know, I need to go back and reevaluate what I'm saving because I've earned more since the last time I set up my automatic things. And I, and I was like, oh, wow, I'm way under. And I wound up doubling my contribution because yeah. I didn't take the time to go back and reevaluate that. But these repetitive things that we're doing, especially with this show, reminds me, you know, if you're reading these to your kids and remind yourself that, dang, the last time I checked on that, I got a raise. I don't think I increased my savings rate or I increased my, you know, 401k contribution or whatever it is. That's you know? good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So don't discount yeah. that stuff. Go, go read this book. Go read the different stories. There's a lot of good stories. Um, like I said, I think to me, the one thing that stood out in this, I was like, man, I just thought of like, this is a good children's book. You know, like, <laughs> that's what I thought. Like. It's going to probably go over their heads, but the repetitiveness of hearing this all the time, start to ask. I think the stories, you, you, you bring up a good point because the stories, you know, don't read the whole book to them, but just no. pick a story, you know, whether it be the camel merchant or the, the bread maker or something like that. And just, and just talk about it. You yeah. know, um, I think they make really good stories or about money, um, stuff like that. You can make them funny. Yeah. But um, I guess for me, I guess before we close out, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what I think is the underlying message in this book. And I'm not really sure, um, you know, because most people think, oh, it's just about saving 10%, as Tyson said, and all that kind of stuff. But um, when it gets down to the last part of the book, they, they talk about this guy who's a slave and he's trying to become a free man. And, you know, this person is explaining to this guy, he's like, look, 
says the man with the soul of a slave will become one no matter what his birth. And I was just like, I was just thinking about that. I was like, I was like, dang, there's so much truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like to the person who you really are. And then it's like, talks about the soul of a free man. It's like the soul of a free man will become respected and honored in his own city, despite his misfortune. And I just thought to myself, I was like, how true are those words? Like, it's about who you are as a person. It's about what's up here. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter where you're a free man. Doesn't matter whether you're a slave. Like, who you are is going to show no matter what happens to you. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of driving it home is, you know, the last part of the book where he talks about work. He's like, I like work. It is the best friend that I know. He's like, work well done is good for the man who does it. It makes him a better man. Like, it, it just, again, it's not talking about work. He's talking about the man, you know, and it's just kind of like the person behind everything that's going. So all of this stuff that we're talking about, um, you know, I think there's a there's a secret underlying message in this book. It's just being a better person, being a better person, doing the right things. Those are the things that are going to, you know, not only attract gold or coin or wealth to you, but those are the things that are going to attract opportunities. Those are the things that are going to attract the type of people that you need in your life to make this happen. Those are the kind of things that when you face adversity, like you're going to know what decision to make. And and to me, I don't know. It's kind of like an underlying message in this book that I don't think people talk about. So just kind of wanted to mention it in this book. Anyway, I digress. No. And that, that is, you know, I, I love that, that you found that hidden message. I I didn't really, I didn't really see that, but it's true. Like think about what we're slaves to. And it's not, don't think of it in, in, in the kind of the common sense of the word like what are you are you slave to what to jordans to gucci to 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 you know eating fancy restaurants like what are you a slave to like we're all slaves to something like Mm -hmm. is it controlling you is it controlling your life is it controlling you know your decisions like do you have to work this shit fuck job because you're a slave to gucci like why yeah you know it's like think about it like what are you doing what are you being enslaved to you know and, Mm -hmm. and take some time to reevaluate that don't you know, just because you're not of a certain race or, 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 you know, demographic or whatever, it doesn't mean you're not enslaved to something. We all are, you know? Yeah. So take that seriously, like evaluate that. Like I'm not, I, you know, no more, not again. I'm not gonna be a slave to this shit and these things and what Instagram tells me I should look like or buy or wear or hang out with or whatever, you know, think don't take that lightly. Yeah. Awesome. Any other any other key takeaways from this book? I know we we went long on 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 the one. Um, well, I think you're right. I mean, even the five rules of gold are basically just you know similar similar things, and you know we got to leave something for people to read. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Those are like the two most I don't know famous of the stories, I guess, or the rules or whatever. So um, we threw it in there, highlight them or a little bit or whatever. Um, we'll link, I'll leave that stuff in the show notes for you guys easily reference those two uh, rules, the two different, they're basically the same um, slight twists on things, different story, different things. But, um, but as, 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 as for, as for giveaways uh, at the time it's recording, I'm trying to do something um, with a, uh, more kind of a give back thing for May. And this should be coming out in uh, beginning of mid May. I'm not sure. I'm trying to do, um, try, I'm trying to, trying to see about getting into this thing. I'll pledge 1% um, from um, an episode I did with, uh, with a guy. It's an interesting thing. Um, what it is, is, you know, pledging 1% either of, of your time of 1% of, of, of the products you make at your company um, or 1% of uh, something else. I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but that's what I'm looking for for, for May. If you're interested in what's going on, head over to the social show slash pick me, figure out what's going on, get into this stuff. We got lots of fun things. Um, we're trying to work with more people, always learning and discovering new things. And we, we, we really want to share them with you and hook you guys up and, and give you guys, you know, acceleration, whether it's in, it's in health, it's in, it's in self-growth, it's in something. It's, this is just something from, from us to you guys to help you guys on your journey, on things we find and people we partner with. 
And then I'll, I'll link to this book. And then I also link to the, um, some of the high rate checking accounts I know of and, um, the rent calculator, if you're interested on knowing, should you keep renting or should you get out of your house and, and, and start renting or whatever it is you want to do? I'll link to those two things for you guys. And then this week's challenge, I haven't said it enough. If the book hasn't said it enough. Are you saving 10% at least, you know, to a dollar for every 10 bucks? Like, I know it's hard when you, I've been there and fuck you, you're looking for quarters under the couch. Like it's tough to like throw 10 bucks on the side and say, I can't use this, you know? Um, but you've got to start making that habit of saying, I've got to put 10% away and I can't touch it and start to live on the 90. Like you're going to make adjustments. We're going to adjust. We're going to have to do something a little different, whether it's make more money or it's, Cut a little something here and there to find that 10%. If you already got 10% or you got your 20 or whatever you're doing, how about one more, one more percent? Like just what's, you know, you're doing 200 bucks. Like what's another, you know, 20 bucks. Like you're not going to feel it necessarily. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn sure about it. You get used to it, you know, try one more percent, see what it's like. And like, like I said, I, I went back and I reevaluated, you know, what I was doing. And it's like, it feels good to say, whoa, that's, that's getting up a little quicker than I, I'm used to. Like, you know, it's nice, but go out there, do your 10. If, if you're doing your 10, you know, throw one more on it. Maybe throw 10 more on it, throw five more on it. Whatever's comfortable for you, your goals, your risk tolerance, go do it. Get some money in the bank so you can find opportunities and cash in on them. Yeah. And then for our final thoughts, just remember your golden stream of income comes from you nowhere else. Yeah. Everything you have is within you. You just got to get out there, find it. Yeah. Don't pay attention to what social media is saying. Don't pay attention to what your mom is saying. Don't pay attention to what your friends are saying or your boss is saying about you. This is you. You have the ability. You have a gift to this world that you can give. And your golden stream of income is going to come from that gift. Get out there. Go find it. Go be it. Go do it. And if you're looking for people to join you on that journey and you want them to maybe get a little help, a little knowledge, maybe you guys team up, you know, share this with them. You know, that's the, the best way to support the show is to share it with somebody. Um, if you'd like to leave a review in your favorite podcast app, if you're watching the video version, you know, throw, throw a little thumbs up and you're on Facebook, whatever, throw a little thumbs up on there. I really do appreciate it. It does help our show. Get on more amazing, amazing guests. We got a lot of coming up. I'm sure you guys have enjoyed the ones in the past. Uh, in between shows, you guys can connect with us all week long. Social Community Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and, and all your favorite podcast apps for past episodes and links to everything we talk about here today. You can visit the thesocialchameleon.show. And until next time, keep learning, growing, and l- transforming into the person you want to become. <laughs> <laughs>